Quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Oh, the almighty temporal prime directive. Take my advice. It's less of a headache if you just ignore it. Thank you for joining us on The Janeway, the Voyager podcast where my fabulous co-host Suzanne Williamson and I, Liam Smart, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favourite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. Before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way, and also join our Facebook community called The Nexus, where you can discuss this episode and episodes of all our other shows that we have on Holosuite Media, including new episodes of Boldly Go, our Strange New Worlds podcast. Now today, Suzanne, we are going back to finding out our Janeway episodes with episode three of season one, Time and Again. Oh yeah. Do we have to? Well, we made a commitment. We did. We have made a commitment. So previously on the Janeway... We've done Caretaker, which we decided that she approached in the Jane way, and Parallax, which she approached things the wrong way. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see whether we can balance it out with time and again to do things the right way, or whether... <laughs> <laughs> take that as a no on your, on your opinion. <laughs> wow, okay. No comment. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. So time and again, very, very briefly at the beginning, Suzanne, what do you think of this episode? I mean, like a three-word episode review. I skip it. <laughs> Jeez. Three words. I skip it. Scathing. I guess my three words would be, oh, reset button. I could also go with Janeway's first death. <laughs> Many, many deaths. 17 total. Is that seriously? Oh my God, it is, isn't it? Seriously. Mm-hmm. That's literally a whole season of dying. Could you imagine if they did it every, every single show in a season? Right, a, million, a million ways to die in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great comedy. <laughs> it would be. All right, so shall we dig in? If we must. Oh, we must. It's time and again. It's a great episode. Fabulous. So we end, we open up with one of the longest cold opens that we have in Voyager, I reckon. It felt like it went on forever. 
So we open up with Harry and Tom having a chat. Basically, Tom going, you know what? Let's bone these girls. And Harry's like, no, no, thank you. So Tom is saying they're the only people out there and that the Delaney sisters need to go on a date with them, but the Delaney sisters will only go on a double date. So, you know, and Harry's like, no, thank you. Libby's on Earth. I want to... I want to be with her. I'm going to hold myself out for her. And Tom's like, I've got five girls back home. That doesn't matter. It's like, what kind of a jerk says that? Isn't this the first mention of the Delaney sisters? It is the first mention of the Delaney sisters in all of Voyager. Correct. And I I do like how we eventually get to see them, which is quite funny in future episodes. But I just think this whole scene is just an absolutely terrible look for Tom. It is. Most of season one, Tom, is a terrible look for Tom. It's like they wrote him one way and then decided, hang on a minute, we do not like this absolute asshole," And then they mm-hmm. made him disappear and then came back again. But it's like the fact that Harry needs to run a self-diagnostic as well. It's like, dude, he's just like an innocent guy. But he was, uh, yeah, but I don't see him being that, I don't see a normal guy being that enthralled with running diagnostics. Unless it's Rutherford from Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like... And I can see because he's so happy about it. Unless the engineers have like somehow managed to put porn in in the diagnostic or something. <laughs> that, that only goes to Chakotay's terminal. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> That's why he's always, you know, sitting there and just watching his terminal and pushing buttons and not doing much of anything else. It's porn. Would you like to see the next screen? Yes. <laughs> Are you still alive? Yes. <laughs> How many credits to open the legs? <laughs> oh, gross. Absolutely gross. So that, that kind of stuff's happening. And then a space anomaly occurs and Kes comes running up all worried and she gets a headache or something. But you know mm-hmm. what? Janeway's decides that, oh, look at this space anomaly. Let's investigate. Let's investigate this Let's go see what large boom thing that occurred. It's like, yeah. you know, dumb. I do have a note here, though, that says I really liked Kess's outfit in this episode. That is one of my favorite outfits of hers. Mm, she looked really good in it, and it was sort of like a very mm-hmm. smart outfit as well. Like, it just wasn't yes. just like a standard unitard thing that they ended up wearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it looked very, it was very flattering, mm. the coloration and everything. Yeah, exactly. Janeway's hair mm-hmm. is gigantic in this episode. <laughs> yeah. How it can is she, so big. How can she fit in the turbo lift? She needs the turbo lift all for her hair. <laughs> how is she not tipping over from just, <laughs> it's so big. She must have some strong inertia dampers on there. <laughs> <laughs> This turbo lift is for my hair. So they're being down to what looked like a shopping center, you know, after Boxing Day sales. It was all destroyed and they all look very concerned about what happened. And then we end up with the credits happening. Can I go back for one second? You, you very much can. So Janeway and Neelix come out of the ready room after this shaking disturbance. Mm-hmm. We're at episode three. And already, Neelix is not familiar with anyone in this sector. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Episode three. 
He's <laughs> like, oh yes, I know. Oh, I don't know much about these, and uh, by not much, I mean absolutely nothing. Next question. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's already used up his usefulness. Kick him off on now. Just kick him off. Get rid of him. You still have his ship. Keep Cass. Cass is handy. Yes. I just found that really weird. I was like, they kept him on because he knows things. Two episodes later, he knows nothing. They should have played up on that. They sh- Janeway should have turned around and gone, really? We've gone like 30 light years and you don't know anything. <laughs> what 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 use are you? Yes, you haven't come across Leola route yet. For Captain, when, we, when you find some Leola route, I'm your man. Oh, gosh. Oh, Leola route, man. God. So after the credits, we go... To this planet where we find out that a chain reaction has occurred in subspace due to Polaric Islands. But islands? Polaric Islands. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Polaric Ions. We find that there's no war, but then they, you know, mm-hmm. bumble around, do some scanning of things, and they work out that it's a time bomb! No! And I wrote down time bomb in absolute big capital letters because I just thought that sounds like the perfect name for any band or anything like that. Time bomb, yes. This is the time bomb. So while this is happening on the ship, Jennifer Leanne's acting is amazing when she's crying and Kess is clearly traumatised by the deaths that she saw. But then Neelix goes and fucks it all up because Neelix is like, oh, sweetie, it's just your imagination. Don't worry about it. Neelix, you know nothing of her people. Mm -hmm. You know nothing of anything, obviously. My people have powers that we don't know about it's like no no it's your imagination so neelix is an absolute jerk in this and this is just like the beginning to show that this is actually kind of like an abusive relationship when you think about it yeah he yeah i did not like the way he was treating her be somewhat sympathetic man Mm -hmm. it's like clearly she's traumatized by something like she wouldn't have just got even the doctor handles it a little bit better yeah and the doctor's got like no bedside manner at this stage your brain's not on file. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, very funny thing. It's like, you're the healthiest accompany I've ever seen. <laughs> you're the only accompany I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the voyage of the damned. I <laughs> oh, see. The captain's missing. So, meanwhile, on the planet as well, some time shenanigans happen. Tom starts seeing people that aren't actually there. Then somehow... Janeway and Tom get taken to the what I'm terming the past planet, so before the Polaric time bomb occurred. Before that timepiece stopped working. Mm-hmm, that really because ugly, he saw it in the shop window. That really ugly timepiece. When I first watched it, I thought, okay, yes, this is a clock that maybe somebody puts on their desk or mm-hmm. on a wall somewhere. But later we see somebody pull the same thing out of their pocket. Do they not have watches? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like one of those like huge clunky mobile phones that all they ever did was like call people. It's like, nope, this is just a big clock for my pocket. It's something that Flavor Flav should be wearing around his neck. It's that big and obnoxious. Is that a clock in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's it's just a clock. It's most definitely a clock. <laughs> Clock in the pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then we get introduced to what is probably one of the most annoying characters in all the Star Trek Voyager, that dumb kid, Latika. So, of course, 
the kid starts screaming and eh, your mind immediately goes to, oh, it's some sort of demon. And that's the first thing that the kid <laughs> says, is a demon. You don't think, oh, hang on a minute, these just look like people. No, they're a demon. They look exactly like the people on the planet. Yeah, just in Voyager uniforms. Well, We're how far away from the Alpha Quadrant, yet these aliens look just like human beings. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. This, this is what I really don't like about this episode. Have some form of alien look to them. And then and then the other guy like from the planet goes to the kid, Oh, it's okay. Go get yourself a confection bar. Like a confection bar? Don't worry about stranger danger or anything. Have a confection bar. Who calls them confection bars? Or where are your parents, child? Yeah, don't even worry about where the parents are. Have a confection bar, kitty. Maybe he's Willy Wonka, or that planet's version of Willy Wonka. Well, I mean, have you seen what they're wearing? <laughs> they're wearing candy corn outfits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They're like space and palumpas. <laughs> a bit taller oh gosh so then they go to why, why do i why do i have something that's written clock shop is okay clock shop is okay. oh yeah yeah so they, they... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so they look over this uh, look over to where tom was standing they're like oh look it's the clock but the clock's working so the, the clock in the clock shop says that the clock's okay so they find out that they're you know a couple of days in front or one day in front of when uh, the bad accident's going to occur. Mm-hmm. Yes. So things happen. We go back to the ship. Garrett Wong does some terrible acting and explains the scenario. And Tom <sighs> and says Tom didn't get all the way inside the fracture. So that's an interesting thing. I'm sure Tom gets inside many fractures in his life, as we've already found out from the beginning of this episode. Yep. <laughs> And then Garrett Wong does some more acting and the whole thing just took me out of the episode because I'm like, okay, I get that Garrett and the human characters were told not to act with too much emotion because Mm -hmm. they would be, you know, making Balana and Tuvok not look real. But seriously, Garrett Wong's a great actor, but he did not do a good job in this episode. Then we go to Sick Bay, which is a very funny episode. Oh, which is the very funny part of the episode that we've already spoken about where the doctor's grumpy because mm-hmm. nobody tells him anything and he's on the ship at the dam. <laughs> so best part of the whole entire episode was that scene in Sick Bay, to be honest, because the rest yes, of it's pretty bad. So back on the planet, mm-hmm. Janeway and Paris get changed and join the town-sized crew of 90s backup dancers in their outfits that they wear. Oh, okay, I have something to say about that. Okay. Because as they're walking out of the shop, you see someone hanging up their uniform in the shop window. Yes. Okay. And yet everyone was so interested their in it. Their stanky, dirty uniform hanging up in the shop window. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we should know that. So they stinky. traded their uniform for these, these candy corn clothes. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. If it's Paris's uniform, you know that thing hasn't been cleaned in a few days. Well, they, they haven't got any uh, replicator rations. They don't want to be like constantly I understand getting rid of them. That, so they're going to stink. Why would the shopkeeper put it in the window right away? Well, look, we've got some new fashion it's, finally oh, on this planet. Nasty. It, it's got some funk to it, though. Whoa. <laughs> Come no. oh, oh, gross. <laughs> So this is where we have probably one of Janeway's first major decisions. Um, it's all to do with the Prime Directive. So Tom wants to stop what's happening and to warn them, but Janeway's like, no, we can't, the Prime Directive. 
What do you think here? Technically, technically, she made a decision in the very beginning in going down to the planet in the first place. Oh, I mean, technically, yeah, we didn't even talk about that one. Was that right or wrong? Yeah. I mean, that was probably the right thing to do to see what happened. I'm going to say wrong because they already knew there was um, the polaric ions, which can cause time events in the future being affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So why is it okay to affect the future? Mm, yeah. And she ended up affecting the past. It, it's just that was that was a bad call. So this is probably the first time that Janeway's or we see Janeway have a time issue. Well, no, because Parallax, there was a time issue. Was there a time issue? Yeah, because they were seeing their the reflection oh, of the yeah, ship. Yeah, had blatant disregard for all things time. Well, we already <laughs> mastered that by see episode three. That and why have two time issue episodes back to back? Well, that's because they were clearly following in TNG's footsteps for it. <laughs> so, all right, I'll take you for that. I'll take wrong way for actually going down to the planet for the first place. I would, this is where the Prime Directive becomes difficult, though, in terms of wanting to stop it, because you know a whole planet is going to die, or a whole load of people are going to die, but the Prime Directive says not to. Are you wrong for following the Prime Directive, or are you right for following the rules? (sighs) Honestly, I think it it would have to do with my mental state at that day, at that time. Yeah. As to what I would do. I think I would just follow the rules myself and be like, well, the rules say to do this. Mm-hmm. Don't like it, but we've got to carry on with what the rules say. The Prime Director says we can't interfere. You never know that those people could end up becoming like Super Borg. Super Borg. So I feel like I want to chalk that up to being the right way because Janeway's following the rules for once. Uh, for this second. For this, yeah, exactly. For this, <laughs> this, <laughs> for this bit of the millisecond. episode. I'm trying to chalk that up to be in the <laughs> Because right. then it all, then all of a sudden it becomes, let's break the Prime Directive. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, Tom terrifying that poor kid. I'm going to eat children. Yeah. So, oh, that's not a good look, mate. He already called you a demon, man. Come on. I am a demon, and I haven't had my dinner yet. (sighs) Silly. Silly, silly bit of dialogue. Oh, yeah. Mm. Moving on. The the kid was annoying. The kid was terrible. So do you think it was the right thing to do for Tom and Janeway to go to the demonstration? Or to actively take part in the demonstration that's outside of the power plant? They weren't trying to take part in the demonstration. They were just trying to see what's going on to see if they could suss out what happened yeah, but why would you go walk through the middle of a demonstration so you can get hit in the face yeah but isn't that like a dumb thing to do <laughs> it's like okay well it was we a very dumb the... thing to do it's like oh it's a demonstration let's go through oh oh no guns guns are happening and why did it switch between like phaser guns and then like there were real guns mm. could they not afford enough phasers in this episode I, I... well wasn't the phasers part of just Janeway's things and then uh, Tom and Paris's. No, some of the some of the other people had like laser tape weapons. Oh really? I don't remember that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just blocked half of this episode. I made a note of brain. that. I actually wrote that down. I was like, what's with the gun? <laughs> so I think 
that joining that going into that demonstration not to necessarily take part in it but i don't think we've even mm-hmm. got a thing for that it's definitely not the right way definitely not the jane way i wouldn't even say it's wrong i would just say it's bloody dumb it was the dumb it way it was the dumb way new <laughs> new section dumb way <laughs> well her hair would fall under that section too <laughs> oh I got my hair stuck in the turbo lift. <laughs> Chakotay, come help me. My hair's stuck again. <laughs> oh, gosh, Catherine, again? <laughs> Is yes. <laughs> She'd be sitting there like this. Jamie, are you okay? Yes, my hair's really heavy today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on the ship. They're talking about the science of things mm-hmm. and, you know putting a hole through time or whatever they were doing. I sort of was ignoring that. But we also get Kess again wanting to go on the away mission to try and find it. And I'm really glad that Kess did mm-hmm. because it really started to show the abilities that Kess as an accompan has and what mm-hmm. you could have used her for in the show. She was like a more oh, powerful Troy. And I think it was great that Chakotay was like, yeah, sure, come on. Mm. So it makes, makes perfect sense. Back on the planet, they start getting interrogated by that random dude who thinks that it's a conspiracy <laughs> or someone sent by the government to look at them or it's spy a conspiracy. on them. But, I mean, it's an obvious nuclear power comparison, and I'm going to lay it down right yes. here. I'm perfectly fine with nuclear power. I would mm-hmm. think or prefer that we need to really master fusion to have proper yes. nuclear power because fusion is a very very interesting concept um fission is not necessarily the safest way of doing things and obviously the waste but i'm i'm perfectly fine with it as an actual power method we don't have any mm-hmm. of it in australia and i'm fairly sure it's banned in south australia i think um oh really yeah i don't know we had something about taking nuclear waste and that was banned or whatever yeah we're we're very close to a nuclear power plant yeah does it look like one from the simpsons i don't know because you can't really see it it's like on its own private land and like far far oh okay so nobody comes near it and i could probably ask timothy because he works there oh does timmy is he is timothy homer please tell me he dresses up as homer (laughs) cosplay the simpsons (laughs) or is he more of like a lenny um or smithers is he is he a closet smithers is he He's not a Smithers. (laughs) He's not a Lenny. If anybody, he's probably a Carl. Carl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, you should cosplay Carl. What does he do there? (laughs) He runs uh, networks. He's a system network engineer. Computer nerd? Yes, very much so. That's kind of what Jordan wants to do, but yeah, interesting. Uh, So on this planet... So we have, uh, this is this is the Hobbit. So when I was writing down my notes for this, I was getting very confused. So we're on the planet, and then we go to the future planet with like Tuvok and Kess, etc. And mm-hmm. the whole mysterious combat signal starts leading them to a child badge, and and that's when Kess is a bit like, no, she's here, she was here, and again it just shows what stuff can be done with Kess that she can feel someone even though yes. that they've died. Again, something that we didn't really see again. But they they did a good job. In, and I have to really say Jennifer Lean's acting in this was really good. Oh, it was phenomenal. But thankfully, we did get to see her do that again in a different episode. We did? 
Which one? Coda. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jane Ray Dyes, oh, number yeah, 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably number eight. <laughs> so, yeah, on this planet, though, Jane Ray is not telling them anything about where they're from. The stupid kid is just being mm-hmm. stupid and annoying. And the Kalto province. Yeah, the Kalto province, exactly. Why they're named after that Vulcan game, I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe they're secretly Vulcan. I don't know, Vulcan outpost <laughs> in the Delta oh, Quadrant. Vulcan outpost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Maybe what destroys subspace could be this Polaric Ion thing in Discovery. It could be this. Hmm. That's a big explosion. Mm, it could be a very big explosion. So another thing that I really didn't like is that my daddy works here or something. Ugh. It's like, I'm going to tell my daddy he's, on you in the media and he's going to He's a journalist. Oh, wow. And so am I. It's like, no, you're not. Mate. I write for my school paper. Oh, fuck me. That was just so irritating. <laughs> Nobody cares, child. Like, we could have just got rid of that whole entire child. Yeah. Just kill him off. <laughs> so as they're talking then Jamie finally decides that yes I am the captain and then she says everything and just like the whole fuck the prime directive kind of thing like why let's break the prime directive now yay and then she explains why in a scene a little bit later but it, it just doesn't sort of make sense you know like no, if they, if they didn't turn sense. up then it wouldn't have happened and then mm-hmm. other things could have happened instead it's like huh I, I I actually got lost and I replayed it a couple of times to try and work out what she said and I'm like, nah, this this bullshit just doesn't make sense. You you totally Jane. Yeah, it was this. just a roundabout of misinformation. Yeah, it's 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 basically a Trump talk. It was. It was a Trump sentence. Yeah, it was a Trump it was a Trump it sentence. It led you down one path and you had no idea why you were there or <laughs> even where there was. Exactly. Now I'm this is the total Jane way. Total Janeway. Yes, yes, it is a total Janeway. If you Janeway. ask me, the whole idea. Because I'm going to do this, but no, no, I've changed my mind. Now I'm doing this Janeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stupid, stupid decision, bad decision. Don't like it. Move on. Yeah. So then I've got written here that Blondie threatened Blondie. Who's Blondie? Blondie. Oh, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, because we couldn't record last week. We, I watched this episode a week ago, and now I can't remember the fine details, nor read my handwriting. <laughs> so, I can't remember who the hell Blondie His was. His name is now Blondie. So, Blondie threatens to kill the kid, which would have been everyone's best interest, but he ended up not killing Why didn't him. everyone just stand up and clap? Yes. I was like, yeah, kill the kid. Yes, We'd... kill the boy. Kill the boy. We do not care about said child. So, he threatens to kill the kid, which, as I've written down, wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she says that she is still a hostage because they didn't want to kill the kid. Like, why? Just kill the kid. Again, bad decision. Mm-hmm. Wrong decision. Kill the kid. I mean, ethically, it's the right decision to make, but kill the kid. It's not like it's her kid. No, it's Or not. she even knows the kid. I mean, the kid's going to die anyway tomorrow in the explosion, so who cares? Yeah, so why not spare him the pain of being caught in a nuclear explosion? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right way, wrong way, Janeway. Wrong way? Wrong way. Wrong way? Cool. Steaming ahead with the wrong ways. <laughs> So fighting and choose. Tom is shot because he saves the kid. Ugh. Maybe that's why they needed the guns with bullets. To shoot Tom in the leg? <laughs> so it's more of a gunshot wound instead of like a phaser wound? 
where like his leg might disappear. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm still hung up why there are two different types of guns. <laughs> I think they mentioned that in the um, Delta Flyers podcast that they just use standard guns. So then we get to the crux of the episode. They're in the power plant. Janeway is like totally stalking around corners, being like, oh, I can't, they can't see me. If I put my hands over my eyes, they won't be able to see me if I can't see them. <laughs> and at the same time, Tuvok says that the fractures are numerous everywhere and Kes can feel through time, and which I think is kind of cool, actually, feeling through time. That would, that would be very draining after a while. I was like, mm, how, where shall I feel today? Mm, I'm going to feel, I might feel 1956. What happened then? <laughs> I'm going to feel Wolf 359. Oh, that's a great idea. No. I'm going to feel 2020 Earth. No. <laughs> What's worse, 2020 or Wolf 359? That's a, that's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so here we have a decision again from Janeway. Yes. Holding them at gunpoint. It's like, I'm going to hold you at gunpoint. You get Blondie's like, uh, well, if you shoot... That's not very Starfleet of her. No, it's not. But then you're going to shoot your gun, and then you're going to set off this polaric explosion anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of holding them at gunpoint? Because they're not going to do anything, because she'll kill herself as well. Yeah, that was a dumb way. <laughs> I think this was definitely a dumb way. I feel like... A, <laughs> dumb the, I feel like we've introduced the dumb way into something that should not even be. Maybe maybe we will. Oh, we can't even term it the Jane way, can we? No. I'm going to. No, we're going to call that the wrong way. That's the wrong way. Not military. Tactically, the wrong way to do things. Yes. Tactically, it was bad. So what I thought was cool was then Tuvok, etc. are burning a hole through time try and get them back but then they realize that it was the the fluctuations in time that actually set off the explosion in the first place that was really cool i like that they science that out and you could see them like Psh. no and then chain weighs all with her phaser i gotta close this because they're, they're gonna blow us up and the fact that they're only... she was about to do anyway i guess when i think about it like the first time i watched the episode many many years ago i wasn't expecting mm -hmm. it to be their own rescue attempt that caused the thingy thing the explosion yeah the explosion yeah. yeah which i thought was kind of cool so she's trying to seal it all up and you know magically everything gets reset the first reset button mm -hmm. ba -bam. the first of 34 which had had she not made that first decision to go down to the planet wouldn't have even happened yeah but then again i suppose you could argue that the explosion already happened Therefore, they were already at that planet for the explosion to happen because the explosion wouldn't have happened without them being there as we know that a rescue attempt. Ugh. Oh, temporal mechanics. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad temporal mechanics is not a course at university physics. Otherwise, I'd have just <laughs> disappeared the hell yeah, out I'd, of there. Yeah, I'd just drop out. I'd be like, oh, no, peace, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, see ya. Uh, so the, everything gets reset. We go back to the bridge. The mm -hmm. time loops back to the Delaney conversation. You know, mm -hmm. Neelix is an absolute asshole again, I've written down. I'm guessing that's because Kes is a bit weirded out by things. But in the end, she's happy. And But with the whole Kes thing, 
it was just seconds after they felt the shockwave. I know, and right? And she popped up on the bridge. I was like, how did she get there so fast? <laughs> because in the beginning, she was still in bed. She had to get dressed. And she, then she made her way to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In seconds, she was there. Yeah, exactly. How did she get there so fast? You're right. I think... Um... I think we should just put that down to the hair turbo lift getting her quickly there. That hair turbo lift is <laughs> warp speed. Yeah. Yes. We went through that episode pretty quickly. Well, yeah, because it's that episode. Yeah. We, listeners, we are not a fan of time and again at all. In case you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on a scale of like one to ten, I would give that a Neelix out of ten, I reckon, that episode. <laughs> So let's go through in just our quick decisions on to work out whether or how Janeway has done this episode. We've got one right way. Okay. We've got three mm-hmm. wrong ways. We've got one Ooh. dumb way, which never knew was a thing until we just made it up halfway <laughs> through this episode, and one Janeway decision. So this one, yeah, oh. gets chalked up to being the wrong thing to do again. Yes, it was. Shouldn't have gone to that planet. Mm-hmm. Just shouldn't have even done anything like that. So, listeners, there we have it. Season 1, Episode 3, time and again, was done things by our captain, according to us, in the wrong way, along with Parallax. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she's got quite a streak going on right now. Mm-hmm. What's she going to do in Phage? Hopefully she can turn it around. Turn it around. I mean, it's Phage. There's a definite Janeway decision in Phage that I can think of. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Yes, so it's a good little episode. That's another short one, Suzanne. That is. Sorry. We'll get more in-depth with our next one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that may be about. I don't know. We should go to a character. Should we Siri out a character thing? Yes, we should. All right, let's see. What what characters are there in Voyager? We can talk about. Throw them out at me, except for... Looking at my wall. Except for Janeway, because the whole thing is about Janeway. Mm -hmm. Chakotay. Mm Mm-hmm. Tuvok. Paris, Kim, Bolana. Oh, sorry. Bolana. Yep. The Doctor. Yep. Neelix. Kess. Mm -hmm. Seska. Mm hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Carrie. Who? Oh, Carrie. Joe Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Ensign Wildman. Naomi Wildman. Seven of nine. Do we really got to be able to fill out an episode with Joe Carey? <laughs> we could split him into half an episode of Neelix. Let's go. Let's, half Neelix, let's half Joe put, Carey. Let's just put or half Harry, here. half Joe Carey. It'd be the Harry Carey episode. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, Chico. That's terrible. I think I want to do it just so I can say that. Give me a number between one and ten. It's five. Balana. Balana. Got an episode on Balana next fortnight. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for tuning in to us. We really do appreciate it. Anyone who listens to our nonsensical ramblings is awesome, in our opinion. Liam, where can we find you online and around the network? You can find me on Twitter 
at LS74656. And you can find me on this network, Holoswink Media, also hosting the Vedic Assembly, which is our Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast with Brandy and Nick. What about you, Suzanne? Well, you can find me online on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at KJaneway8, or you can track me down doing some stained glass stuff at Stained Sass. You can also find me on Hollow Sweet Media doing Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast with my friend Brandy. Mm-hmm. So just a reminder, listeners, to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and on Facebook on the Facebook listeners group called The Nexus. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way, and now apparently not the dumb way, but the Jane way. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. And then the second mention, again, love letter to TNG, when Archer and Tripp are sharing their scotch. And then Archer says, well, here's to the next generation. And I was like, oh! Why are there so many nods in this episode for TNG fans like Amy to be like, oh my God, yeah, next year. Yeah. They had movies and everything. They just had a film three years before or two years before. And yet I'm here as an ent- Enterprise fan waiting for something. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Give me, anything. give me anything that makes me feel like, oh yeah, four years of Enterprise. Loading Sweet preview program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I feel like they're starting to open it up to a lot of people. And I think that we need uh, like young people where, where the, where the future, like you're the future. You, you can dictate how you want to change the world. And if you feel like you want to be whatever you want to be, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't because you can do whatever you want. You know, and I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, don't give up because you never know what you can do until you do it. Loading Sweet preview program for Ladies Trek Library, women with a passion for Star Trek books. Diane Duane, as a female writer, had to put in, which I liked, having a, a female in command 
you know, a Klingon because um, we we don't see that as much as the Klingons with the Klingons. No, um, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the the Klingon landing party, the head of the Klingon landing party was a woman. And in the original series, we didn't really, did we even see, I don't think we saw any female Klingons in charge at all. Um, and even in the next generation. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.